Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. I had a conversation this morning with uh, Deacon Alfonso Keller, who said, I, I've heard of home field advantage. I ain't never heard of home field disadvantage. My reply to them, well, you will today. You see, Al, in competitive team sport, the phrase home field advantage describes the benefit the home field team has over the visiting team. And this benefit has been attributed to the psychological effect of the supporting fans and the pressure it placed on the officiating crew. This, this psychological advantage becomes a disadvantage for the away team or the team that comes into town to play. They're affected by sometimes the changing time zone, sometimes the climate, other times travel. So the odds of victory normally, normally increase when you're the home team. <laughs> the home team should be a friendly place. Familiarity of friends and uh, family and environment usually create a favorable atmosphere of comfort as well as a feeling of support and safety. But that was not the case when Jesus returned home. Now, there's two important connecting events that occurred prior to this, and Brother Jeff, I wanted to keep, keep up with the theme about the family. So the first event that occurred in chapter 3, verses 21 to 22, was Jesus' baptism. Now, during Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in a bodily form, the Bible says, and said this, this is my beloved son. I want you to just focus on that. This is my beloved son. He goes on to say, who might as well please, but this is my beloved son because this is an acknowledgement of family. The second event was Jesus' temptation in Luke 4. The Jesus is being led of the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil and the devil challenges this family acknowledgement that the dove had said. Because the devil says, if you are the son of God. So you have, this is my beloved son, which is a family acknowledgement, and, and if you are the son of God, which is a family challenge. But in between these two connecting events is something that's also important. In Luke chapter 3, verses 33 through 23 through 36, we find a, a list of genealogy that Luke's right, and it's 76 names. And these 76 names connect Jesus to God. The key phrase is like Jesus, supposed to be the son of Joseph. 
And it ends with Adam, who's the son of God. So again, this is a, a, a family connection. And right after this, that's when the devil challenges start. After the challenge where Jesus was successful, he started his earthly ministry. His earthly ministry started in a region known as Galilee, and the Spirit of God empowered Jesus throughout his ministry. And people began to know of him, and his fame spread. And our text was taken then on Luke 4, verse 16. As Deacon Calvin Rome told you this is the English Standard Version. So look with me as we look at verse 16, chapter 4. And he, talking about Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Tell you a little bit about the city of Nazareth located in the lower part of Galilee. It was an isolated community with a small community, mostly blue-collar or labor-type workers. Most outsiders viewed the city of Nazareth as inferior compared to cities like Jerusalem. And thus the citizens of Nazareth were looked down upon. But the acknowledgement of Jesus at his baptism, began to change things. You see, the man that baptized Jesus was well-known and well-respected. So when John the Baptist says that the one who's coming after me is greater than me, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. That caused people to shift their focus and their attention away from John the Baptist toward Jesus. People began to come in groves to hear him. But, but, but Jesus still was from Nazareth. That made some who were hesitant to, to, to follow him because he was from Nazareth. And see, the Gospel of John records an example of this negativity and how people perceive those citizens of Nazareth. John Chapter 1, I believe, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet wrote. Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Now get this. Verse 46. And they said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. <laughs> you see, Nazareth was doubtful that Jesus could be the one that the prophet spoke of. Why? Because he was from Nazareth. It was only after Nathaniel had a personal encounter and experience with God. And God began to tell him some things that he knew only God could tell him, that he was convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. It wasn't long after this 
that people begin to speak well of the man from Nazareth. See, Jesus was Nazareth hometown boy who made good. Oh, y'all ain't get this. You see, you, you, you see, Nazareth was the hood of Galilee. Y'all got it now, right? So when his fame began to spread, the hometown folks were extremely proud. And when they heard Jesus was coming home, I'm sure they made preparation. And they were glad to see him come. And as our text says, on the Sabbath day, Jesus went into the local synagogue. It was a place that was the religious community and also a place of worship. In Jewish culture, it was customary for any distinguished visitor or somebody come back home for you to lead worship. So they asked Jesus to read the scripture. And we find that in verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Notice the person pronoun. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because it anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind. So to set the liberty at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord. He stopped right there. That wasn't all of it. He stopped right there. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all of them in the synagogue was fixed on him. You see, Jesus was given the privilege and opportunity to speak or to expound on what he read. So everyone is anxiously waiting to see what the hometown boy had to say. But what Jesus said shocked not only his hometown, but all of Galilee. Verse 21 says, and began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's it. See, this passage that Jesus read told us the coming Messiah. Smart, so Messiah would be born who looked upon as a king. He was going to come and bring the Jews back to a position of promise and power and respect. And they heard him say it this day. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It appeared that they were impressed the way Jesus said it, but not thrilled about what he said. As they thought about who was saying what he said, apparently they, certain, they, they suddenly remembered who was speaking. It's a hometown boy who made good. And now he got the big head. And I can imagine they said something like that. This is Joseph's boy. He grew up down the street. I remember when he went over the club with me. And now he's claiming to be somebody special like the Messiah. That makes him superior to us. Jesus, being God in the flesh, discerned their thinking. He understood what was in their hearts and what was on their mind. 
And he said to them in verse 23, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Caprina, do here in your hometown as well. The hometown folks had heard that Jesus healed. One incident was healing a respected, highfalutin individual called nobleman by the Bible, healed his son in Caprina. And this nobleman personally traveled all the way to a city called Cana to find Jesus. Now, Canaan is a place where Jesus turned the water into wine. So the hometown folks probably heard about this as well. And it's very possible that they heard about a whole bunch of other things that Jesus had done that was miraculous. But none of these miracles were done in Nazareth. They had just heard about it. That was all they had heard about. But now you're in the hometown. We want to see something. All thing we experience, you reading the scriptures. And we heard you claim to be the Messiah. But we ain't seen nothing. But what the hometown folks heard was better than any miracle Jesus had performed. You see, it was in their presence, his family and his hometown, where he first acknowledged his divine purpose. And they should have been proud. See, every Jewish community would have been proud to have the honor of having the Messiah coming from their hometown, especially Nazareth. I can imagine in my mind, Jesus was probably disappointed and may even been hurt. His hometown people had rejected him and his message. So verse 24 shows us his reply. He said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Jesus had performed many miracles throughout Galilee, but Jesus' hometown family could not accept him as the Messiah. Therefore, Jesus could not, and Jesus would not, perform any miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. So Jesus gave them two lessons from history using the Old Testament as his source. Verse 25, but, I, but in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the day of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months and a great famine came over the land and Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Example one. Example two. Verse 27, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah, prophet Elisha. And none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. God did not provide for any widow during the time of the famine because of the nation's lack of trust. God only cleansed one leper 
or he did not cleanse any leopard in Israel because of the nation's disbelief or disobedience. God people had turned to idol gods, and they had rejected God's prophet's message of repentance. You see, the widow of Zarephath and the name of the Syrians followed the prophet's instruction. Israel did not. The widow faced starvation while Naaman faced isolation. But both were willing to do what the prophet says in spite of the situation. See, the widow only had a little bit. She was going to take it and die. And the prophet came and said, go and fix me a cake first. She said, I ain't got but a little flour and a little oil. He said, y'all know, but fix me something first. Didn't make sense, but she did it. And for three and a half years, that little oil and that little flour kept coming. Naaman, highfalutin general, all he had to do was go dip into some water seven times. Didn't want to do it at first, but later on he did it. But Israel remained hard-headed. Jesus' example hit at the heart. The people understood exactly what he was saying. Now, this is the hometown folks now. So I want you to think with me as I read verse 28. When they heard these things. See, they heard all the other good things. But when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of town. Brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built. So that they could throw him down the cliff. Verse 30, but Jesus passed through their midst. He went away. But Jesus passed through their midst. He went away. But Jesus passing through their midst went away. Y'all hold that thought. See, the words of Jesus was so offensive to the hometown folks, they wanted to kill him. The same one that they were so proud of earlier now has become a disgrace to them. All because Jesus told them the truth. Many of you, when you became a new Christian or when you become a new Christian, want to go home and tell your family and your friends that you become member of the family of God and you've been rejected or you will be rejected. Some family members will be so incensed they're going to try to kill your character. They will definitely try to destroy your witness and assassinate your reputation. When this happened, Brother Al, you are facing or experience a home field disadvantage. So how do we deal with home field disadvantage? We do what Jesus did. 
You know the scripture I kept reading through? Pass through that mist? Just change that mist to mess. Pass through their mess. Avoid being consumed by their mess. And just leave. Bible says don't cast your pearls among swine. I know they're your home folk. I know you love them, but pass through their mess. Just leave. See, after Jesus left his hometown, his ministry really took off, okay? He did great works. Let me name you some of the things he did. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He caused the lame to walk. He cleansed the leopard. And he raised the dead. Yes, this boy who grew up in the hood of Nazareth became an embarrassment to his hometown folks. And this embarrassment increased when Jesus was crucified. According to John 19.9, in mockery, the governor Pontius Pilate placed a sign above the head of Jesus that stated his crime and why he was being condemned to death. You know what that sign said? Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Sign above his head as Jesus there struggled with dying served to make the reputation of Nazareth which was a nothing city with nobody people true. But that only lasted, Paul, three days. I think y'all missed that. Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews, was derogatory. But it only lasted three days because early that Sunday morning, something happened that Change the reputation of this nobody, no good city to one of glory and reverence. Many churches today had the name Nazareth in their name. It was the name that Jesus identified himself to the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Paul knocked off his horse Hears this voice, why are you persecuting me? Jesus spoke those words to him, and Paul says, Who are you, Lord? Notice what he said. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecuted. Now it's interesting, it's interesting to note he didn't say Jesus of Bethlehem, the place where he was born. He didn't say Jesus of Jerusalem, the place where he died. He said Jesus of Nazareth, the place he was rejected. So, if you are rejected by your family, your friends, or your hometown, remember, you just engage in spiritual warfare. So, Sister Linda, keep Fighting on. Remember, if Jesus were rejected, you also would be rejected. And remember, only if you challenge, then will they change. 
See, one day Jesus is coming back to set up his kingdom. And when he does that, brother Al, you have the home field advantage then. But until Jesus come back, this world is not your home. You ain't going to have no advantage of this. You got to learn to fight on. No matter what they say about you, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And I will fight. If I die, I'm going to die in the army of the Lord. I'm just going to fight on. But you got to remember one thing. When you go to a sporting event, the home team normally is on one side. And the visiting team is normally on the other. Home team normally wear one color. The visiting team normally wear another. You better make sure you're on the right side and you're wearing the right color. One sport commentator a long time ago when the game looked like it was over said it ain't over until the fat lady sing. I'm going to tell you this morning, come on, Ron, that ain't over to Jesus. Bust them clouds. And bring the trophy. Not of a Super Bowl. But of a super savior. That's when it's over. Let us stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.